uh, Romans chapter 8. That's where we're going to be. Everybody needs a Bible, so if you, didn't, if you don't uh, have one, there should be one under the chair in front of you or pretty close to you. We are, um, it just started last week, a new series, a message series talking about and discovering and learning about the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does uh, in our lives. And, uh, and so we're taking the next several weeks because the work of the Holy Spirit is so vast you certainly couldn't cover it. And truthfully, you can't cover it in six weeks. We're just going to make a, a, a feeble attempt to do that. But we, there are uh, some key things that we felt like the Lord put on our heart to invest in with respect to who the Holy Spirit is and what his activity is in our lives. And so that's what we're doing. We're going to continue on in that. We'll start in Romans 8. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll jump into um, the word here. Let's pray. Yep, Father... We want to know you. And there's one way we can know you. When we see your word and your Holy Spirit breathes on it and teaches us the truth. So we're going to open your word this morning, but we know that if your Holy Spirit doesn't come, then it's, it's just words on a page your word is alive and active because your spirit is here in this place. So you're welcome here. Would you speak to us? Would you show us what you want to say? And I pray even these few minutes that we have here together that we'd find life. Thank you for this chance. Be with us now, we ask in Jesus' name. A fear that a lot of other people presented was that, how are you ever going to get married? For a single mom, how are you going to find someone? I graduated from college and went to Nicaragua for a short mission trip. One little girl stole my heart. Yalka. It was something from the very beginning that I thought, oh, love, love to adopt her. But I also thought, it's not possible. The lady who was the director of adoptions over the whole country of Nicaragua was up at our home. And the woman who, who runs it, she said, oh, well, Lauren was thinking that she wanted to adopt Yalka. And here I am stunned that she's saying this, you know, to the person who's in charge of all this. I can't even imagine what my life would look like without her. I think that she's brought so much more meaning and purpose to life. Because I think that, you know, schooling was something I was supposed to do. And going on to school was just this plan that I'd had since I was a kid, just as, you know, the next logical steps to take. I had graduated with my degree in pre-med, and so there was kind of this thought and expectation that I was going to go on to med school. There was just kind of this part of me that had no desire to, to keep going in school, at least not right at that time. I'll take a year off, maybe go do some service somewhere, and then come back and go back at it. But it wasn't apparently not necessarily what God had in mind either. 
For her, everything she saw was exciting and everything was new. I remember her first time riding on an escalator. She's like, the stairs are moving. <laughs> this is so crazy. It'll come up every now and then. She'll say, if you get married, will he be my dad? <laughs> yeah. You just see this whole new world through the eyes of a child. There's so many kids that just want home. Want somebody that's there to call mom or dad and, and to just have that family unit. Sure, it's crazy. I mean, I think the whole idea of faith and believing, it has to be crazy. But I think that's what makes faith so powerful and so amazing, too. That's what makes God so amazing. You can make these incredible stories all weave together in ways that we as humans couldn't even dream of. I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know that there are more powerful stories than to listen to or hear or to watch than the stories of adoption, where you get to hear the perspectives of the, the child, or you get to hear the perspectives of the parent or the, uh, the person that's seeking to, to draw a child out. It, it, these are powerful stories, the testimonies that we've gotten to see, and I don't know how many that maybe you've gotten to be a part of, but the, the truth is, is when you see a, adoption, it, there's something that moves you inside. There's there's a powerful thing. My guess is there's, if you're in here, it's possible that you have been a part of an adoption. Many of you have, either know, have friends or families that have been involved in adoption. Maybe you were adopted. There's something unique that warms the heart, that kind of stirs the soul a little bit when you think about this uh, joining of two people together. And so uh, that, that they weren't family before, and then God brought them together. It, it moves you inside. You feel the power and the weight of it. And I've asked the question, well, what, why is that? Why is it that getting to hear these stories of adoption, how, why is it so moving? And I think what we're going to see and what we discover is, listen, when God depicts, when God tells the story of salvation, what I mean by that is when when God talks in the scripture, when he talks about people coming to be a part of the family of God, the picture is not a picture of biology. The picture that God gives us is the picture of adoption. There is something inherent in every one of us that values and feels the weight of adoption because if you're a follower of Jesus, you have been adopted. It's meaningful to us and it's powerful. And this scripture that we're going to look at this morning is going to expound on the weight of this concept of adoption. If you'll, in your Bibles, look at Romans chapter 8. We're going to just start in verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. This means daughter too, just for clarity. Uh, the scripture will talk about sons, sonship, or the concept of sonship. The concept here is being a part of a family 
and the, the heir, if you will. So you can be a, a, a woman in here and have uh, sonship, if you will. So the Bible's not exclusive to daughters, just for clarity. Uh, or it's not exclu- exclusionary of a daughter, sons and daughters. So I just want to make that clear. So the Spirit of God, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, so here's the, the Spirit of God, are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. And by the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. And just for clarity, Abba is basically the way of saying daddy, dad, daddy. I love it. it just, I, I, I'm just thinking of my, my mom is uh, 68 years old. I'm not even, I'm probably not supposed to say that out loud. She's 68 years old. When she talks to her dad, she calls him daddy, right? So you get that. So we, we have received this spirit of adoption by which we cry, daddy, father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if you just stop for a minute, the scripture here is saying that the spirit comes to convince us that we are children of God. And you have to ask the question, why the convincing, right? I mean, you're either a son or daughter or you're not. You're either somebody's or you're not. What's the point or what's the reason for convincing? In fact, if you look at the, the tense here in the scripture, in the original language, the, the, what verse 16 is actually reading is the spirit is continually bearing witness with our spirit. This is happening over and over. It's not a one-time thing. The spirit is on an ongoing basis convincing us or bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, regularly taking place. And he's saying here what God wants us to know more than just an intellectual fact is that at the deepest level inside of us, God wants us to understand that we are his, his children. Now, of all the things that, the, that God does in this life, if we're not careful, this feels a little bit like, Really? I mean, is this a work that you, I mean, of all the things that maybe you're asking God to do in your life or all the things that God is working on or of all the things, of all the ills and the problems and things that need to be addressed in the mess of our world, we see God by his spirit saying, listen, this is important. Why is this such a big deal, right? I mean, this, this doesn't maybe seem like this huge issue with everything that's out there. And yet he's saying it is an issue. This is important. And it all goes back to this phrase in verse 15, which I want you to see. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Fall back into fear. Now, uh, if you have been a part of an adoption process, if you've had any training, uh, if you've been, probably if you were around families that were adopting, they would talk through 
they talk through the concept that's called rad. And that's not meaning the horrible 80s term that we used to use, okay? That's not what that means, okay. Rad is this. Rad is uh, an acronym, or acronym for reactive attachment disorder. Reactive attachment disorder. Basically, what happens is, is when kids are uh, orphaned, lose or don't have or don't grow up with parents, and because of abuse or rejection they feel, or because of what they've experienced, they struggle to believe that anyone can actually love and accept them based on their experiences. So what happens is when they begin to feel an attachment to someone in their home, someone brings them into their home, says, we want you to come in, we want to bring you into our family. What happens is when they start to sense that sense of belonging, what happens, it triggers, no, I've been here before, I've been rejected before, and so they begin to push away from the the very people that are saying, we want you to come into our family because they're convinced based on their past experiences, eventually they're going to be rejected. And if they're going to be rejected, the thought is this, then I'm going to own the terms by which this happens. I'm going to be in control of this process. And I'm going to push back against you. I'm not going to let you reject me. I'm basically, I'm going to reject you before I have a chance to feel hurt. And if, as you hear that, it feels a little baffling when there's a family that's saying, listen, hey, we want to bring you into our family. We want to call you our own. We want to give you our name. We want to bring you in. We want, we want to love you and we want to treasure you. We want to pull you out of the broken life that you've been in. When that process takes place, you kind of, it, it is hard to believe. Like how, could it, how could they possibly push against it? But look back at Romans 8, 15. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. I want you to hear this. There is a very real spirit in operation that is seeking to destroy the spirit of adoption. There is an act, I want you to hear that there is an active spirit in operation to kill the work of adoption. We see it manifest in rad, as I just described, in very real ways as children are being brought into a new family. We see that in very uh, tangible, real ways. If you've ever been around, we've, we've been blessed to be around families who have gone through this very, uh, these very adoption processes. We've seen it literally firsthand. A family radically wanting to love someone, a, a, a child, and that child pressing against that with all their might pushing away the very thing that they really hungered for. Listen to me. There is a real spirit seeking to destroy the spirit of adoption. We see it manifest in real ways, but hear this. That same spirit is sent to convince every one of us who are being brought by adoption into the family of God that we are not God's. That same spirit that I believe is pressing on children as they're being brought into homes is the same spirit we 
struggle, the same spirit that we wrestle against to really believe that we're God's children. To really believe that we've been brought into his family. To really believe that we can know him. To to really believe that we're loved by God no matter what, to really believe that, we, that he will never leave us or forsake us, to really believe more than just uh, words that we say on a Sunday morning, to believe that we have been radically changed and transformed from a broken life into a new family and made whole, to believe these things in the depth of our spirit, to deep down know I am loved by God no matter what. That spirit of slavery is out to destroy. We look at the things that we've done in the past, and I know you felt this way, because we've all felt this way. We look at the things that we're doing now or the things that we've done in the past, ways that we've fallen short, places where we have failed, things that are gross inside of us, pains, agonies, struggles that we've had, places we know even today we still need to grow and still need to change. And I don't feel like I am good enough to truly receive the moniker of being made a son of the Most High God, to being called son of God, to being called daughter of the Most High All of those things that we have add up to make us believe that we really don't deserve it. That spirit comes to steal the spirit of adoption, to destroy the spirit of adoption. Galatians chapter four, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you were sons, God has sent, his, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Here's what this text is saying. Listen. Here's what sin did. Sin caused every one of us to be orphans. We feel the weight of it. And we hear about the love, the supernatural, reckless, unending love of God. And I don't know if you're anything like me, you can look around at your neighbor and believe that sincerely for the people sitting next to you. But when it comes to you and you knowing the dark places that are inside and the places that you've fallen short, the question is, do we really believe the radical love, acceptance, receiving that spirit of adoption to be called children of God. And if we actually believed it, what would it mean for our lives and how we live and how we move and how we operate? We've been made orphans because of sin. And here's what we see is that because of those broken things inside of us, We're convinced that we continue to be orphans. And while we say that we're gods, we actually act like orphans. And the indication that we have from our text this morning is this. There are two spirits in operation, two. Now listen, I want you to hear this. Every one of us is made in the image of God. Every one of us. Listen, 
Every person in here made in the image of God. Every person, every race, both genders, all made in God's image, all right? That means every one of us has a spirit. And what this scripture is indicating here is this. There are two spirits, two. One is a spirit of slavery, and one is a spirit of life and adoption. This is it. There's only two. Listen, there are all kinds. You can talk about all kinds of spirits. You can talk about all kinds. There are two. There's one that is saying, you are a slave. There's one that is saying, you've been made. You're being called into life, into a family. One spirit saying you're a slave to yourself, slave to each other, slave to wealth, left as orphans without a family. Or there's the other spirit, the spirit of adoption, that is the Holy Spirit of God. Now, general floating spirit is the spirit of God, and he wants to say to us, you are mine. That the work of the Holy Spirit is to convince us day in and day out we're his children. No matter what, no matter what ups or downs may come, it's the spirit to live by sonship, inheritance, hope, truth, peace. That's what he's giving to us. I want to take you out of a place of destruction, of self-loathing, of isolation, of abandonment. It's the spirit of slavery into my family, accepted received, made whole, made right, made alive. The problem is, is that the world is selling a a, a bill of goods saying, listen, you live for yourself. This is what's being offered. Live for yourself. Live for the things that make you feel alive and it's a, it is an invitation into slavery. And this is what we see is this battle going on. Now, I want to just be clear. What this spirit of slavery does is keep us locked down in that orphan spirit. What that means is, is that what we end up doing is because of this yoke of slavery, we continue to act like orphans. And I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you want to walk in the great things that God says about you, but you continue to find yourself struggling with that orphan spirit, right? The orphan spirit says, listen, uh, God is a taskmaster, right? He's angry and he's out to make you do the things that he wants you to, to do. A child looks at a father and says, hey, I'm, I'm adored and accepted, Right? Orphan needs approval of man. Orphan has to have everybody around them validating what they do or how they look or how they act, right? That's what what an orphan does. A A child knows that they are totally and fully adored no matter how bad they fail. Orphan struggles with competition, competing, trying to get over the other person, jealousy, trying to have their own, 
child celebrates, gets to celebrate the, the wins. It's one of the things, you know, we get to work on in our home all the time, right? We've got, we've got four kiddos, and, and part of the work that we do is like, hey, it's a win. If your sister wins, it's a win for you too, right? We feel the weight of that. Orphans have poor self-image, seeing their lives only in light of their failures. Child loves, a child is loved no matter what, no matter their weaknesses. Orphans see authority as a threat or a source of pain. A child sees authority, even messy authority, as an opportunity to learn and know about God. Orphan seeks to live independently and self-reliant. Right, trying to make it on their own. A child finds joy in being connected to a father. Finds delight in being a part of the family. Now, as you go down this list of the difference between orphans and sons, what, what comes, comes crazy up to the surface for me is that the things that an orphan wrestles with seem to be the values that the world is pressing all the time. The very things that we struggle and wrestle with are the things that we're hearing are the things that are most valuable. You to get yours. To not, not, don't let anybody take anything from you. For you to be pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and take care of yourself and be independent. All of those things, this is, I'm, hear this, this is what the world is selling is the bill of goods, saying, hang on to this. And God's saying, all of it's empty and broken and garbage. You hold on to me for life and you'll find it. Amen. Every ounce of peace or delight or joy we find comes as we remember and believe by the Holy Spirit of God that we are kids. Love. Um, love trying to cultivate, um, or love getting to cultivate our family and working on our family and for our kids. You know, it's one of those things. It, 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 if you've got kids in here, you're trying to cultivate an environment where the kids know that they're loved and valued and accepted and, and that they fi hopefully find joy in that. Right, that's one thing. So, so when my when my eight year old daughter is like, "Hey, mom and dad, when I get married, we're gonna live in your house with you. We're not going anywhere because she wants to be with us. Like my my eight year old daughter wants to be with us, and I I love that sentiment now. Probably if she's thirty, maybe not. But I don't. I but you know what? I'm gonna. There's, there's something life-giving. Listen, when a child doesn't want to be separated from the father because they enjoy being with the father. And you can ask any one of my kids, I, I'm a messed up father, <laughs> right? Uh, in fact, just the, a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, or I feel like it was maybe the last week, I was, I was talking with Luke and Anna Grace, and, and I was just saying, man, I'm telling you how important it is for you to know that you have an earthly father that loves you like crazy, but man, I, have, I mess up so bad. And I mess up bad enough for you to know you desperately need a heavenly father. You, 
I'm, I'm just not going to cut it. I, I, just, I don't. I mean, I'm telling you, I want you to hear this. I don't want my own children to be enslaved to have to have my approval. I want my children knowing they're totally approved by the Heavenly Father. I will, I'm, I will, I have and will fall radically short. I want to just keep pointing to a father who just never messes up. Listen to me. Whatever, whatever I think I want to try to communicate to my kiddos, it, it pales to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak over you and me. The, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is intent on taking his word and and pouring it out over us for us to be convinced we're his and nothing and no one can steal that. That's what we, that's the the fight. Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17 says this, now if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. So I'm going to finish this morning by saying this. And, and uh, Lindsay, would you just come up for a second? Here's, I want to finish by saying this. Listen. The, I can't think of a more important and primary partnership with the living spirit of God more than all the stuff that God wants to do through you. Hear this. And we're gonna talk later in this series about the many ways that the Holy Spirit wants to come and you use and indwell and use you. But more than any of the things that God wants to do in you and through you, listen to this. All of it is subservient to us partnering and believing with the Holy Spirit that we are sons and daughters of the most high God and nobody can take that away from you. No station, no title, no disappointment, no failure can steal the declaration of God. You're mine. You are mine. You're my son and you're my daughter and you always have an audience with me. This is the most important work that we can receive from the Holy Spirit because it's only from, listen to this, it is only from our place as sons and daughters of the Most High God that we will begin to go out and be used by him to change the world around us. If you're listening, I want you to hear this. If you believe that you have to go out and change the world around you in order to be accepted by God, you don't understand adoption. You don't understand your position as sons and daughters. I want you to hear this. It's the most important thing because ministry is just one big fat idol just like anything else in this life. Money, power, position, ministry, all of it can be served in a way that put us into that spirit of slavery. This is why Paul says, I don't want you to fall back into where you came out of, but I want you to walk into your position as children of the Most High, totally accepted. I believe God wants to anchor that in our spirit and soul. Would you stand with me? I'm just gonna pray this over us as we go.
that you put your stuff to the side and we're just gonna take just a few minutes here. Lord, we're asking right now that you just begin to anchor some things deep inside of us. If you have called on the name of Jesus for for life, meaning you have acknowledged that you are sinful and broken apart from God, you've asked for Jesus to be Lord, King, and Savior of your life, then I want to declare right now, Lord Jesus, would you convince by your Holy Spirit that we're yours. And just even right in your own spirit, you just say, Lord, I am yours totally, completely and utterly. And nothing can steal that from me. I'm asking God you to anchor that right now. If you're in this room and you have not called upon the name of Jesus, Maybe you might not even be sure if you believe in God. You might not be sure what you think or know about Jesus. I just want to make a declaration to you from the word. You were created in his image. You breathe and you have feelings and emotions because you've been crafted uniquely by God and he wants you in his family. You will, you will not be able to walk out of this room not knowing you have a God who radically loves you and wants you to be in his family. Now, you don't have to make that decision today, but you can't leave this place without hearing this. The God of the universe crafted you uniquely and he is calling you by name to be in his family. You may have the opportunity to respond to that today, but I don't want you to leave here without hearing it. God loves you and is for you and he wants you to be in his family. He's calling you. He's asking you. Father, we just want to begin to pray. In fact, just where you're at um, with this issue of believing that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. God, I'm asking right now, would you anchor this down? And just even as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this is just between you and the Lord. So everybody's shutting down here for a minute. No one's looking around. I'm not going to approach you after service. This is just between you and the Lord. But you're just asking God to, to anchor this truth in you. Maybe you've found yourself operating as an orphan, meaning just feeling alone, isolated, feeling like you have to try to, to do things in order to get God to like you or you wrestling or struggling with that truth because maybe something's going on in your life that doesn't, you know, it feels broken and you don't know how to fix it. And you just, you're, you feel like there's this distance. Maybe you've disappointed Lord. You've failed just one too many times in the same sin. And you just, it, it, it's kept you from fully receiving the glad heart of a father. If you just find yourself in that place that no one's looking around, this is between you and the Lord, would you just say, that's me? Just raise your hand. It's like, this is me. I'm, this is something I'm wrestling in. Just be bold. Good. Thank you. That's good. So yeah, Lord, 
right now, you do your work and you just speak your truth. Father in heaven, we receive that spirit of adoption again. Right now, I bind, I cancel the spirit of slavery and orphan. Right now, for anyone who has believed or operated out of that broken place of slavery, you are set free, child. That is not your future. It's not your identity. Whole and right by the King of kings and Lord of lords. Receive it. Holy Spirit, I'm asking, this is what you do. This is what your word says. Convince right now all over this room that we are children of God. Made alive and made whole and made right. Given power and peace and joy. It comes from you, we recognize. Even before we leave this and set foot out of this place, God, we're walking in the confidence of your truth over the lie of the enemy. Here in a moment, we're going to have uh, just a few prayer partners. They're going to come down front. They're going to be available just to pray. I, I want to say this to you. Going forward in the future, we're going to have prayer partners. They're going to be available. If there's something that the Lord is doing in you, don't forsake that. I'm not, we won't ever make a big spectacle here where you have to come to the front and in front of everyone. That's not, in fact, I'm gonna pray over us. I'm gonna, we're gonna finish. I'm gonna release you here in just a moment. But we're gonna have prayer partners. There's people that love Jesus and just wanna partner with you. And if God's doing something in you, I wanna encourage you just to come and just say, hey, would you just partner with what God is speaking and saying to me? I wanna encourage you in that. They're gonna come here in a minute. Father, I'm asking right now you'd anchor these things in our spirit, Lord. Would you do your work of transforming us and getting us, getting our hearts to believe you and trust you more than we trust ourselves and more than we believe ourselves? Walking in confidence of the Holy Spirit as sons and daughters of the Most High God. I pray we would function from that place because there are many things that you want to do in us and through us by your Spirit. Even as we learn these things over these next few weeks, would you convince us of this? We